Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Golf gear. What are you doing today? No, it's just hot out. I've been dressing a little bit more breezy lately. A little bit more golfy. A little, a little bit, bit more, more golfy. Golfy. <clears throat> yeah, it's a time a time in the year that that's uh, acceptable. It definitely is acceptable. Yeah. Sounds I think like Charles fun. is Charles is in the room. No. He is waiting in the wings. Patiently. Patiently. Ever. We got a show today, boy. Woo. We got a show today. I can't get my head at the right height. Yeah. There we go. So how are you, sir? Do you want me to let him in? Yeah. Let's let him in. Boom. He has been admitted. Look at this. It's amazing. Technology. It's amazing how we always end up at the top of the screen. It's almost like it happens on purpose. Possibly. Welcome, Charles. Welcome, Charles. How are you? He's got a, he's got a golf shirt on too, so he knows he knows where it's at. <laughs> he does, but his his may signify that he's in Vegas having a no. He won that really in Vegas. Fun time. Uh, yeah, he's he's a professional poker player. Wow. I uh, so Charles, we're we're recording, so we've already started. We're ready to go. I gave you the rundown on the show the other day, which is we just talk we just talk about real estate related stuff, and we're happy to have you today. And I'm going to give you a really quick introduction. Um, Charles is a commercial real estate broker with Remax West. He is a manager at the Remax West office that I uh, belong to. Uh, he is a member of more than one committee and board. But I know Treb, you are on what are the boards you're on, uh, Treb? So I don't. It's all on the uh, MLS uh, technology and related services. There you go. That's the one. So I would have, I would have, right. I would have said that wrong. <laughs> so, um, and he does a fantastic job. He is a resource for me, and we're happy to have him today. So, welcome to the show. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Please subscribe to the channel. Please. Hey guys, YouTube's got an algorithm and it'd really, really help us out a lot if you could like, comment, and subscribe. This is how we can get more information out to more people and uh, share the message of Toronto real estate. In Thanks. that order, like, comment, subscribe, and hit the damn bell. Awesome, you so guys. Yeah. This is great. I get two realtors with all of this stuff in the news about real estate this week, this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm interested to pick your brains because, you know, it seems like there's some people speaking on all of the realtors' behalf right now. And uh, it's a little confusing because some articles are talking that, uh, you know, realtors are on board with this. I'm talking about blind bidding, by the way. Can we start with that? I want to start with blind bidding because this is big. Absolutely, is if you'd like. Important. Big topic. Big so topic. here, let me share my screen for a sec. We're getting... We're getting crazy here, guys. Are you ready? Look at that. We're going to share the screen. Boom. And it worked. Okay. Election 2021. Liberal plan to ban blind bidding divides real estate industry. So you guys want to talk about this? What's your opinion on, on blind bidding, Charles? Uh, as you know, or a lot of people know, uh, CDC <clears throat> published a video and it was entitled Realtors Behaving Badly. And uh, if, for those of you who remember that uh, yeah. place um, uh, report, it, it triggered something in the industry. And uh, the number one complaint that comes across the Real Estate Council of Ontario's complaints department is somewhat in relationship to multiple offers. So we've all heard about them. You've got an, a, a hot listing get tons of showing and then lo and behold, and people are holding offer dates. And then on the offer date, the one complaint that does come across um, our, our regulators desk quite frequently is the fact that people were very frustrated with the process. 
And that process is that you submit your offer to the seller or the listing agent, and you don't know where you stand in with everybody else. You're literally going in blind. And, you know, it's, uh, it's we, we have regulations that don't allow us to share any of that information uh, with other people. So uh, the new real estate, uh, Trust and Real Estate Services Act has addressed this. They've actually made a provision uh, where with the seller's consent, they can share what is on everyone else's offer. So the, the, the groundwork was already laid out, but now the federal, the feds are taking it one step further. And they're saying, you know what? We want to make this federal. We won't just want to make this, uh, uh, you know, provincial wide. We want to make it Canada wide that if you want to put in an offer that everyone else should be able to see one, what is on uh, each other's offer, so they stand. And it, what's ironic is, is the liberals come out with this, solution to our housing crisis, but the conservatives were the original party that uh, kind of thought this process up. So whether you get a conservative or liberal government, I have a funny feeling that this uh, this idea is going to carry through. What are your thoughts, guys? So is it Charles has a, a connection issue or is it my side, Carol? No, no, no. It's yeah. Charles has some kind of an, a Wi-Fi issue, but I can yeah. still hear everything he was saying. Yeah, you can still hear you just a little on the video part. Little, little Max Hedromish, but that's okay. Um, well, it's in, it's interesting what he knows, and this is something only Charles would knows because nobody else is actually going to read the Trust in Real Estate Services Act, <laughs> right? And so there's true. actually a provision that they put in, and we and Charles, we've we've talked about blind bidding. I think like four or five episodes. We talked about when the the precs were allowed, and how I was I was telling everybody that the, they named this trust in real estate to make it sound very consumer based and everything else like that. But you know, really, it was just us getting our personal real estate corporations passed, and everything else was just kind of bonus. Uh, so there are some things in there that are consumer related that may or may not ever come to fruition. But it is it is about uh, the underlying tone of the act is how can we help consumers? How can we protect consumers? Well, the best be part about this, I think, for all of us to walk into a multiple office situation, knowing what what is on everybody's offer, we're, we're just not accustomed to that. For sure. And that's let's talk about the issues with divided. it. Let's talk about the issues then. Like we we were talking about it a little bit this week at our at our meeting, right? What is well, the yeah, uh, the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board and the Ontario Real Estate Association would like the consumer to have choice. They don't think that the federal government should be in a position to impose this onto the provinces. Yep. Okay. So each province is different, first of all. So if it's a federally regulated um, issue, then it's going to be something that will cause conflict because each market is different in Canada. That's one. And we also know that the ban on foreign buying be uh, a constant theme through every party's election platform. So it doesn't seem like it's a very popular thing to support foreigners buying our real estate here in Canada. Well, hold on. Let's get to that point next, because this blind bidding thing, I think, is uh, a pretty big issue. I think, uh, obviously, from a realtor's perspective, I mean, does it really matter for you guys at the end of the day? You're selling the house regardless, like whether you sell it for 100,000 more or 50,000 more or 100,000 less, like at the end of the day, once you pay your splits and you, you pay your brokerage fee and everything, like it doesn't affect your pocketbook that much. It affects the seller a great deal, right? And the buyer a great deal. But the house is getting sold under any system regardless, it seems, right? But like, where, where, where is the, the benefit to people not knowing where the best offer is? And what, like, who cares what the guy's name is? Like, what is all this horse shit? So there's lots of benefits. Necessarily, uh, Go ahead, Charles. Go ahead, TK. Well, the benefits, you're saying, what are the benefits? The benefits to the seller. I think the, the benefits to the consumer at the end of the day, it, it benefits the consumer because they know their place. It doesn't necessarily benefit the seller. No, the but buyer, it, you mean? There's good arguments. Knowing what's on everybody else's home. How, well, but that just means more people can bid it up a little bit slower to get to the same place too, as people go up incrementally. Like there's arguments on both sides of this thing. I don't even understand if the idea is more affordability out there, which one has the potential to make things more affordable, having a blind bidding or not a blind bidding. Or? 
Why don't we have blind bidding wars on toilet paper? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on, on that point, Daryl, is that either way, you know, one party might benefit more than the other, but does it make every situation will be different? There's certain circumstances where an open bidding would have made that guy who was going to pay 200 grand more only pay 100 grand more and keep houses more affordable because that will impact the rest of the sales. But then there's other situations where two people are neck and neck and the guy who's in second place, he, he loses. This happens all the time. He loses and then he goes, Man, if I only knew that that guy was going to pay 20 grand more, I would have paid 30 grand more right. because I just didn't know guy. that that was the thing. So both situations goes, oh. can lead to actually price increases and price decreases. Right. So, so like, tell me. Why is the, the real estate organization getting their panties so bunched up over this? Like, why does it matter so much to you guys? Change. Change. Exactly. Is that really it? Because generally, like, change is easy to make when there's more dollar signs on the other side of the change. Change is really hard when there's less dollar signs on the other side of it, right? We have, we have an industry that is unfortunately, and Charles and I had an issue this week, not as regulated by the brokers and the agents as we would like. And mm. trying to get people to follow by the rules that have been in place for decades is already a challenge. And to go and put more rules in place in a whole new system is Charles is a, Charles is a man. How many agents, uh, Charles, at the office that you manage? Charles, how many oh, agents at the office? Over 120 agents right now. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's 120 agents that just Charles is managing. To imagine some of the other brokerages, what they're managing, and each each manager then has to try to retrain people and go through the process to try to help people figure this whole thing out because it'll be a, it'll be a mess trying to implement a change like this. It'll be a mess, I promise you. It's already a mess sometimes when agents don't know what they're doing. So imagine now there's whole new rules at play. They're going to be disclosing the contents of offers. They're going to be holding back some information. They're going to be playing favorites with this guy because they think they can. It's going to be. Uh, it sounds like a technology-driven solution, doesn't it? it? Wouldn't there be a very simple software you can make that could do all of this for every? All you would have to do is enter your client's name, your, your Treb ID or whatever you guys have, your little fobby thing, and boom, here's, here's our offer, right? And it's Daryl, okay. you just actually hit you, you you hit the nail on the head actually in regards to technology. So Toronto Regional Real Estate Board is investing uh, uh, in blockchain currently. They are currently smart looking contracts. At, so yeah, smart contracts exactly. So you can make a smart contract purchase if what you're buying is is regulated, it's controlled. So what we have are pieces of paper going across desks. Your mortgage broker gets a piece of paper. Your lawyer gets a piece of paper. The clients all get a piece of paper. What if you use technology to create something like in blockchain, like, like, like a token, and that's physically what you're buying. So things like land registry, only one person yes. has a title to a, to a property. Yes. Right? Yes. I love it. This is where it has to go. So we, we recognize that at the board level, but we're being the richest board in North America, I guess we've got to lead the way uh, in investing in this type of technology. And then hopefully everybody else follows us. Well, because otherwise, where what where do you guys fit in? Like at the board, I mean, not the realtors, but where does the board fit in when there's all these tokens out there? And there, there's really, I mean, I don't even know where the board fits in now, but where will they fit in then? Uh, unless they're the ones that create the system, right? So they're really smart. Because they're gonna watch, they're they're watching their revenues potentially disappear into oblivion soon. Well, money has uh, a factor to everything. However, when you when you actually figure out the regulatory aspect of things, realtors will always have a, a responsibility of navigating tumultuous waters that buyers potentially you know enter into, as well as sellers, and having at least the technology support the realtor in preventing them making you know catastrophic mistakes. So um, just enlighten me, guys. So it's offer night and I'm going into a technology with a smart contract. And my offer is, you know, asking price with a 30 day closing, no conditions. Right. Somebody else submits another offer. It's asking price, 30 day closing, you know, conditional on financing. Right. 
I think first of all, attached to the token, you set up the the rules of engagement, right? You start, you set up, this is how the bidding process is going to be. If you're interested, like sign up. If you're not, go find something else. This is how we're doing it on this token, this piece of property. Here's all the information you need. You don't have to go ask this guy for the geo warehouse and this guy for this. And you don't like everything is on this one token all in one place. You can make all your decisions and you log into some kind of software that sets it up in the rules that were set up at the beginning. And then you make a decision. So, I mean, who needs more than two rounds or three rounds of going back to the table? You set it at the beginning. You say, this is going to be three rounds of bidding, okay? You can back out whenever you want or stay in whenever you want. And here's what the top guy is at. Do but, whatever the fuck what, you want. What does that mean he's at? Is is it he's got a condition on financing? He's got a 30-day closing? With a smart he's asking contract, for the patio furniture? Yeah, so with a smart contract, it's like everything is like a checkbox. Like there's like standardization across the board, right? So this guy put this on, this guy put this on, this guy put this on. So maybe it's like, you check off. This guy's out of the running. He forget it. You're not in the second round. Like I don't know. You can make. Well, up what about a what about if he's got it. a clause that says he can extend the closing date up to another 24 months, right? Yeah, you tell him to fuck off, or you cross it off, and you. But sign again, back. how it's is that? How thing. is that communicated to competing buyers? Mm. Right? Maybe See, maybe he, there's collusion that's, that's at risk. So now I go and I put in an offer because I know that you're you know Charles has got a listing and I'm trying to help him out. So I put in a firm offer with over asking with da, 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 because the smart cat contract system shows all these features, but I put in there, uh, you know, the, the buyer is able to unilaterally extend the closing date up to 24 more months because maybe I need more time for the market to rise before I can get my financing. Yeah. Is that now an even playing field, right? Like there's just these little things that become an Who issue cares? when it comes to disclosure. Who but cares when, about that? When we disclose nothing, then you don't have to worry about those things. And that's the argument. So, but what's I'm better for affordability? I think the, but but on on the disclosure issue, TK, I yeah. think what the technology solved is that there's full transparency when it when everything's digitized. So you can't hide any information. So anything that would be a, a direct interest to that property would be registered underneath that token. So this yes. is it. Actually, you can't get into as much trouble if you're using this technology because. Everyone gets the same token. Everyone gets the same information. There's no favoritism that that's placed uh, uh, in that scenario. Uh, but I think uh, I think where the confusion is going to lie are the rules. So I think that a bidding system could work, and we see it every single day. The little website that you might have heard of it's called eBay, right? So when you actually go in to put a bid on a particular product, there's a minimum bid. What has to change legislatively is that the government has to understand that that minimum bid is binding. So if someone does put in a minimum bid, that property is sold. And this is going to solve right the practice of real estate agents and sellers going out and underpricing their properties on purpose to obtain multiple offers. Isn't that like what these Shoply or whatever, what's that? Shopify? These US, no, no, no. The US websites that are buying your house at X if they don't sell it in 30 days. Like, isn't that just what they're doing? They're setting a floor for it? I'm right. thinking about properly here. But Robert then iBuyer and, and yeah, uh, Zillow offers and all these type of things. That's right. Sorry, so Charles said something there that I'm so that I'm we, uh, we, peak, peak my interest. Up, up, yeah, but up in Canada, we, we've been fighting the whole iBuying platform. It hasn't received uh, the response like it has received, it received in the United States. And that's because our uh, federal multiple listing service called Realtor.ca, which is owned by the Canadian Real Estate Association, is so strong and prevalent. We actually have a massive database where most people go to find real estate listings. And they just, it's more fragmented in the United States, which is why they're a little bit more flexible with the rules. We also have higher closing costs. So when, a, when they give you an iBuyer and then they got to drop an extra 30 grand in closing costs, that's a huge loss for them. So they have to offer less on the iBuyer side and that becomes a problem. In the States, your closing costs could be 500 bucks. And so it's like, sure, I'll offer... $2,000 less than I know I can sell it for because I'm only going to close for 500 and take my chances, whatever it is. So I know that that's, that's an issue, but Charles, you said, um, uh, underpricing property. So I list a property for a million and someone sends an offer for a million and that's the best offer. I would have to take it. If you set that minimum. Yeah. That's right. That's interesting. Yeah. That, ooh, that's, that's, need. Ooh, 
<laughs> no, but that means hey? people will start pricing stuff properly and then the market gets to take it. Yes. Right? That's what is really supposed to be happening with I the get blind it. I bidding. Agree. I agree. And, and, and so so what I think the people want, I don't know if it makes it actually uh, more or less affordable. I have no idea. But if technology is involved, it must bring down the cost of something. But regardless, I don't know if this makes it any more affordable, but it certainly made like we just went through this, TK, for me. I mean, we, we went into not only did we go into a blind bid, but we got forced in to a bully offer blind bid. Right. And that yep. that's fucking crazy to try and navigate through. How does how do normal people that don't talk about real estate every Sunday morning and don't do real estate for a living every single day? How does like just Sally and Henry, who just got out of like school, figure out how to do this? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So anyways, OK, so blind bidding, we will never all agree on something. But I love that Charles is so excited about this token tokenization thing. And the smart contracts and i love that treb is actually smart enough to to be ahead of this thing um because it's happening like there's zero doubt it's happening because it has to happen it's too there's too much like people are dying now to know things right everybody wants information everybody's freaking out about their privacy and but people want to know what they're buying like who doesn't want to know what they're getting into when they're spending on average a million dollars? People can't even fathom that million dollars, by the way. They've never made it before, right? Most people that own a million dollar home are not millionaires. They never made a million dollars in their lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. And now, okay, so hold on. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, foreign buyers, like you were talking about, because I think this is going to have a significant impact to, to, to where... This is all heading, but okay. So foreign buyers, are, foreigners are like the target of every single party. Like they're the bad guys. They don't want to blame anybody here. All the idiot idiots here, right? Because God forbid they offend like a voter, somebody. right? Somebody yeah. uh, can't yeah. offend anybody, but uh, so, so, so the foreigners, all the people that are actually driving the goddamn market and the economy right now, even though they're pretending like it's not happening, it's still happening. Um, all these people are the enemies of every single party. How is this going to play out? I mean, first of all, do we even believe that they're going to keep any of the promises that they're making right now? But it, let's say they do. Okay, let's assume in fairyland they, they keep all these promises. What the hell is going on? How, how are we supposed to bring in 400,000 people a year and not to let them buy shit? <laughs> well, there's a provision, Daryl, that, that someone who's made an application for permanent residency uh, can be exempt from the tax and from that category. So the people that are legitimately going to be living here in Canada uh, do have uh, a means of buying real estate not being uh, uh, subject to these new proposed rules. Uh, if, I think if, the they it's a, it's a, if they applied for If they applied for it? It has to be an active application. <laughs> I knew there'd be some kind of interesting ways around this rule. Okay, what else? Well, that's that right now is for the foreign buyers uh, provincial tax. Oh, that's the tax. that's that's, but talking that's about how that works. Banning them, banning them. They yeah. have to live here for two years before they can buy anything. And that's and that's the, you see, it's only five percent, less than five percent actually, of foreign buyers that are actually investing in Canadian real estate. It is a big blown up topic that will really have a very small effect on our market. But I love how they said we'll in just the get the resale them to build. market or in the overall market. O overall. Five percent. Include three construction. Five percent. Five percent. I agree. And I and we did the math too because we figured out what, how much uh, provincial land transfer, uh, provincial foreign buyers tax BC and Ontario was actually making. And we took that percentage as a percentage of the overall market and how much it was and the, the numbers all add up. So even after they introduced that, they, they still can prove that it's less than 5% of the market is foreign buyers, or they just have a connection in Canada and the money's coming in through a Canadian source and we can't track it, but legitimate foreign investment, it's less than 5%. But, like I know a few developers and um, some have been rather vocal, like Brad Lamb has been on the record numerous times saying, like, who are we all kidding? It's all foreign buyers. 
I don't sell anything to anybody that lives here. Right. And, and I know a lot of guys who will say the same thing. And there's a lot of uh, developers that are not local developers that are also, you know, most of their buyers are not from around here. So, I mean, I don't, is, is 5% an actual fact? That was from the, that was from the actual collections of that tax. Is that like so whether this or not, year or like in the last? No, over the last few few years since they introduced it. Really? Yeah, I don't have the numbers on me, but I remember looking at them. The local people are buying all these condos up and renting them to newcomers? Really? Well, here's here's another thing. The um, Some of the foreign investment groups, syndicates and, and different types of um, partnerships have been created in Canada. So there's corporations and funds that are Canadian based who happen to be funded by foreign investors. Those right. don't count. They're ah, Canadian. It's a Canadian company. Got it. Right. Yes. So there's all these other areas too. But anyways, it, I think the point that Charles is saying and that I agree with is that the foreign buyers are not the problem and that this oh. is not going to change the landscape of Canadian real estate where all of a sudden houses are going to drop 20% because, you know, Joe Blow from Ireland can't buy from his couch anymore. No, but you have, okay, so hold on a sec. But is there an effect? Because there's people that most of them aren't even in the real estate market at all that are just sitting there going, goddamn foreigners are driving up all these goddamn prices. My kids, they got to move an hour and a half away. And if they're talking like I'm talking now, they already live far away, right? So like, but this is really happening in, in like outskirts of Alberta and like... Uh, uh, like Prince Edward Island there, wherever <laughs> Quebec, like it's happening all over the place. Right. So like, what, how is this? So, so voters though may vote for somebody based on this malarkey that doesn't really affect a great deal of the market. So, so I don't know who any of us really want to be in power for the next, however many years, I don't even know how it works anymore. I, I want an election tomorrow, but like it could have a great effect on many people that don't even give a shit about real estate, but just want to like fuck the foreigners or, or, you know, like local, 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 like this is happening a lot now, isn't it? I think Daryl, I think the perception out there is that it's people think that the foreigners buying the real estate and they're not, they're actually Canadians. You just look for it. So we have a huge <laughs> right. number of immigrants coming to Canada. They yeah. look like they're foreigners, but they're not, they're Canadians. They're Canadians, Maybe. exactly. And they're moving well, to small towns because they're more affordable because Toronto and Vancouver and these other major cities are not. They're not. And they're never going to be. Yeah. Never, ever, ever, ever going to be ever again, which is interesting because there was another article here. Uh, Housing affordability means boomer property values need to drop. Well, the affordability, uh, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to, paint a very broad picture here right across Canada, but specifically here in Ontario. The average take-home income per household in Ontario is $66,000 per year. And as a mortgage practitioner, you would understand that you don't want to take more than 50% of your gross household income and put it towards real estate. So you've got literally on an annual basis about $33,000 of your income, your take-home income that you can put towards real estate. Ironically, and here's where the where why I think we're kind of we're kind of peeking out here. Uh, an eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage. If you if you got a great interest rate today, let's let's be conservative at one point five percent. Your monthly mortgage payment, principal and interest, is about three thousand two hundred dollars. We're at that point. People have taken their disposable income and thrown it all into real estate to, to live the, the buying real estate dream. They can afford it. They're getting mortgages. They're getting approved. However, there comes a point where you just don't make enough for the prices to go up anymore. But that's, that's why the, we the, need the, all the real these. Story. That's why we need the immigration because they right. can afford it, right? They can afford it. Right. Or, so, or they I, don't I, get to come. <laughs> I like well, I like that that's the why there's a huge surge in uh, huge surge in in in, in people uh, uh, sorry companies and government trying to build purpose-built rentals 
But do we even see the surge? Like, I mean, I, I see all these development applications. I don't really see a surge, if anything, since like the last 10 years. We we did see a surge and then it disappeared when the when the market kind of died in, in what year was it? 2018, 17, 17, 18, in 2017. Yeah. April of 2017. Yeah. So, I mean, but 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 other than that, it's been like crazyville. Anyways, um. If they okay, so the, so you're talking affordability. They're also talking about um, like lengthening term of mortgage uh, and amortization periods, right? Because I mean, they can't go much lower on interest, right? But they want it to still be as affordable as possible. So they're like they're playing this crazy, not even balancing game, where they're just driving it up somehow while making it affordable, right? So, so like if the liberals win, they've got all these promises that are going to make things cost more, but be more affordable monthly. It's like cars, right? It's like everybody has a Mercedes now, but who cares? Because like you don't have to pay anything for them because you get 0.9% interest over, you know, seven years, right? And it costs nothing to, to, to pay for a Mercedes every month. This is what they're doing to the housing market. This is the talk, Daryl. The, the reason that Canada has been so resilient in all the most recent economic uh, crashes, like the Great Recession, and even why we bounced back so much from April 2017 is because of the banking system. We have like one of the strictest, most conservative banking systems out there. I know that it's talk that this is like, oh, we can make it more affordable. It's not going to happen. They've, they've, no, been, they, they've, been it, they've been tightening the rules. And actually, there's a lot of articles coming out now, like this weekend and, and Friday, because of all this talk of make more money for people, make it easier for people, give people lower payments. So that will help with affordability. And there's a lot of contrary opinions saying giving more money will not make things more affordable. We actually need to take money away from people. We have to actually restrict the amount that they can borrow, make their payments more expensive so that they make the hard decisions of not getting the four bedroom, 3,500 square foot house. You know, but they need to go and live in the townhouse for a little bit longer until they can build up equity. But that's not the goal. The goal is to pump more money into the system, which means more mortgages, more borrowing, more loans, which means the rates have to stay low and we have to figure out ways to have people afford this shit. Look, if you drive around, it's crazy. Where are all these wealthy people coming from? Everything is huge and beautiful with crazy cars. You don't have to go very far to see the most unbelievable houses everywhere in Mississauga, in Newmarket, downtown, in Scar. Like there's crazy amounts of money everywhere, everywhere. Or somehow people are able to afford all of this crazy stuff. People have money. But even Trudeau two weeks ago was saying how fiscal responsibility or, or whatever it was, wasn't his chief concern. So I know that it's easy to say that the government's painting a picture of, you know, I, I don't think the government understands money as much as everyone hopes they do. I don't think they understand the economy as much as everyone wants them to do. And unfortunately, we got, we're on a runaway train right now and that it's leading to all these issues that we have, which are obviously going to cause us problems down the road. There's nobody who can disagree with that, that right now, Charles was just saying, everybody's at the max point, what they can afford. There's problems coming. Okay. I've already been seeing power sales. I'm already been talking to people doing second, third mortgages. There's lots of problems that are going to be coming out of all this. The government right now, their only job during before the election is to try to eliminate fear so that people vote for them. No one cares about anything that's actually going to happen. They're just like, how do I get more votes? Yeah, what do I and then say now? that way I'll, I'll figure it out afterwards because the more votes I get, the more power I have. And that's it's just politics, man. So all sure. these articles are all political based. No, but the reality is, is they have to keep these things low because the prices are going to keep going up and people have to be able to afford. If, if every house is a million dollars and nobody can afford them, what the hell good is that? Right. And they're, they're not going to get less affordable. There's the many will, examples. No, it won't. There's the so market many will examples. Take care of that. The market, yeah, the market. if people can't afford a million dollar house anymore, guess what? No one buys them. No, they bring in people that can afford the million dollar house. This is how it works here in Canada. This is how it works here in the world. Actually, if you look around at all these major cities, 
like there's no re many of them have so much land around them that it's crazy that they've gone up so high and that the prices are so crazy right this is just how it's built this is the machine this is the me mechanism and it has to keep going i mean maybe there's a day of reckoning at some point where everything goes to hell and prices crash like crazy that's gonna be scary and everybody collectively is holding hands together to not allow that to happen all of us including the three of us are hoping it just keeps going up and up and up and doesn't have that crash because that crash is scary jordan we all want it daryl you're right we all want it to go up we, we want to go up at a, a controllable rate at a reasonable pace right well that's really hard when demand is continuously outstripping supply while prices get out of hand and people keep buying stuff right and and so like you get articles like here check this one out okay because this is what we're also dealing with contentious toronto condo that angered community given the green light so on top of everybody crying about you know there's nowhere to go there's nothing to buy we we've got a crisis on our hands you still got all these neighbors trying to make sure nothing gets built right and then the city saying yeah i don't care if it makes sense to put 100 stories there you can put 23. i think you're talking about the parkside development that's actually very close to my office uh that that contentious condo uh development is going to be sitting on land that is affordable housing currently and mm. that's the political issue uh that did come up but you know what it's unfortunate because the municipality does not involve itself with privately owned properties. So, you know, you can't, if, as long as they get zoning uh, permission, this condo developer is going to build what they're going to be allowed to build on their land. So let's flip that. If private enterprise is, is allowed to build and, you know, feed the supply, what is government's role in all this? And that was actually outlined in some of the platforms here. I believe the conservatives want to convert 15% of all the federally owned buildings into affordable housing. So, and, and under the Trudeau campaign, they're basically promising almost 1.4 to 1.5 million extra units without a plan on where those units are actually going to physically come from. So, you know, you guys have said it, there, there are empty promises being laid out out there. I just don't see that the, the solution is being, uh, solid, you can't solidify these, these, these announcements because they don't have an actual solution. Apart from converting a quarter million federally owned uh, you know, units, like, you know, they're gonna take 50% of all federally owned buildings, convert them to uh, you know, affordable housing. That's only 250 units. Right. That's, that's, that's a fraction of what we actually need to make an impact on the supply issue. It's not even a fraction. It's like a dollop. Yeah, this is what we were talking about the other day. We went through the numbers and it's like, this doesn't help anything. Even if they did accomplish this, it didn't help anything. And first of all, who's doing all that? Like, how, how are we going to do it? There's more cranes here than anywhere in the world, right? Like the prices for labor are going crazy because there's not enough people to build these things there's really only like a handful of general contractors that build these buildings for the developers anyways like how is it it's not possible so like where how this doesn't end the only way that these guys can quell the storm is by making it feel like it's more affordable it doesn't matter what the price is how much do i have to pay every month right and that's what they're all just trying to do with all kinds of different policies and plans and baloney, giving first time home buyers uh, bigger incentives. Uh, I don't even know what that entails. Or like a tax any, break, it's not, it's not anything. Yeah. Most of them don't well, even have the money. They're all borrowing the money from their parents. So do they get a tax break on borrowed money from the parents? Isn't that a tax break already? Well, that's parents already a tax. That's a gift. Right. So like... What, one of the I things I brought... Were you referring to that $40,000 tax-free account for a deposit on your first first home? No, there was uh, a home buyer, there was a home buyer tax credit I think of $750 that they're going to increase to like a thousand or something like that. Like it's yeah. There was a few things that they mentioned. All of them are horseshit yeah. and they only affect yeah. like probably like a tiny fraction of the people and who knows if they're even voting. Yeah. So Charles, we're already halfway through the show and I want to talk about Realm because this is Daryl's wheelhouse and he's a tech guy and he's got lots of critiques of our MLS system. And 
Charles is probably one of the guys, the best guys for Daryl to talk to about the new realm system and, and everything about it. And I am not. So let's jump into that. All right. So it's realm. So realm go. is uh, our new uh, MLS system that uh, we're going, going to be launching this October at the Toronto regional real estate board level. Um, it is a collaboration between Terranet and Stratus, who is our current MLS service provider. They formed a company called AMP. And what AMP is now doing is they are building our new next generation MLS system. So uh, we, we just announced its name. Uh, there is a website uh, uh, on the homepage of the login screen for realtors to log into to look at the graphical user interface that, en that encompasses the new technology. So I, you know, I can only talk about what has been publicly announced. Uh, there are a few things that are being talked about at the board level, enhancements, whether to, to uh, apply third-party applications to the software. But we, we at Trev, we provide hundreds of services to realtors. So it's really hard to keep a track of every single you know, service that we provide to our members. And at the same time, the big one being the MLS system to be ignored and let it uh, antiquated. The biggest improvement that you're probably going to notice, TK as a realtor, is going to be the mobile user interface uh, experience. So right now, we don't have a very good mobile user experience with our current MLS system. So we've heard the membership loud and clear. That is going to be a new uh, focus uh, in going forward with this uh, new platform. Okay. And so each um, each member is going to now be, um, ha they're going to have access to, to Realm. And we're going to be transitioning from the antiquated systems into Realm, hopefully, where there will no longer be an option, right? Where it'll be like, this is it, guys. Everybody's going digital. And the, ben and the benefits to Realm are um, the blockchain technology, right? Listings listings will be in the form of, of NFTs. They will be? Yeah. When the hell is this happening? Well, that's how blockchain works. Blockchain I works know, on, but on, when on is this happening? You, you have uneditable tokens, right? But you this can. is already in the works? You guys are yeah, already this been, doing this? They've been speaking about this for the last four years, five no years. No way. Oh, and, but are you going to be using Canadian funds or is it going to be Ethereum tokens? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not talking about a payment system. We're talking about the actual physical database and the, and the registry system itself. So at like some said, point, it has to be tokenized by something. Right. So that's what do you think your home is? Oh, OK, OK, OK. So you're right? saying the home is the token? Exactly. Yeah. OK, got it. It's, wow. It, that's what's going to sit on the chain. So it's just a smart contract on the chain then that's right. tied to your house. Okay, beautiful. And Treb is already working on this? Yeah, so we oh, know that that's going to be the future. But, but, but think about it. You have, oh. you have more control over the data. Treb just saved themselves. <laughs> How are they going to get everybody's information into the system and create all those contracts? They get so created. Right now in, it's, it's in the development phase as to exactly what is permanently and un uneditable. Uh, there were some questions that the, on the last call I had with TT, TT's leader, team leader, uh, about how they're going to monitor changes to the marketing. So we're going to probably split uh, the token off from the way that that token is actually marketed. And then that's ultimately where the value is going to come from. You are still buying the token, but right, the marketing and all those changes and how you market that token are still going to be the realtor responsibility. So basically, we're going to have um, the technology there in place to be able to prevent fraud, to be able to prevent um, duplication of listings, to be able to control the listing information more so that third parties can't just go and take it. And I don't know what they're doing with it, but they're not doing what Treb wants them to do with it. So this will give more control to Treb, protecting the consumer, allowing for a more seamless process of, of sales keeping agents more accountable too, because like we said, regulating agents is not easy. It'll, it never will be. And so having that one more layer of, Hey, make sure you input the information correctly so that we know exactly what it is that you're selling. And then I think after that, Charles, and you probably can't speak too much about it now because decisions haven't been made, but then Daryl, things like using crypto for purchasing things like blind bidding uh, you know things like that that auctions style of sales will become much easier because of this um platform 
right? You know what? It's like uh, Daryl's dreaming right now. He's he's in a dream. Oh, no, you is- know what? I'm I'm kind of like I'm 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 impressed that Treb has gone to this point already at this point, but I am absolutely afraid for what Treb will actually produce and how poorly a job they could do seeing what they've done with something that they've, you know, been the the front runner in for 50 years and just seeing how the industry is. Maybe if you're the guy leading the charge, it might be uh, something that turns out well, because you seem to know what the hell you're talking about. But in reality, I mean, that could be a huge disaster. So, so oh, Stratus, like there's a lot of stuff you got to put in. Either you're going to uh, hold on. So t- let me ask you a question. The token gets created when somebody decides they want to sell or somebody's out there trying to tokenize every house in the GTA no, or Ontario or Canada. Why we partnered with, you know, Terranet. So the Terranet is, oh boy, this is a big project. This is a big project. <laughs> this is beautiful. You guys better not fuck this up. This is important. <laughs> No, but this is seriously important. This is actually what like saves the real estate market from itself right now. Because it's a Stratus and Matrix. The reason why we're looking at the technology, some people call blockchain a solution looking for a problem. We think that blockchain is going to save us. Blockchain is not a database. It's a protocol. Yeah. It's a procedure. And that's what, unfortunately, the non-technical people don't understand about blockchain technology. So our biggest fear, and this is something that you, your, your listeners might be able to relate to, we have counterfeit MLS systems floating all around us. We have everyone claiming that the data that they see when a, a house is available is theirs. We need to put a stop to that. Whose is it? Well, you get like individual brokerages. No, but who's it, it, whose is it though? But whose is it? Trebs? No, no it, it's the homeowners. The, the, the homeowner homeowners. owns the home. Right. Yes. Right. So what? And as a as a real estate board, they have a they're under contract with us, so we upload that to our system. The problem right now is there's a little bit of a gray area about what people can use that data for. So what they're doing, you know, you sign an IDX agreement and you propagate all that information down to your servers. You've got a replicate server, and then you can modify the information and you can redistribute it as you wish. You see the problem? And that's a problem. Yeah. You see it all around. You see it all around. You see, like, even in the pre-construction, they're taking even renderings from a different project and using it to market, you know, some other property. I mean, uh, renderings on a whole other level is like a, a bunch of malarkey, but a very, very important tool that everybody should use. But anyways, the, the, the point is, is that this will regulate the industry. It will automatically. But the problem is, is now it's, it's not decentralized, which is the whole point. There's, there's you guys. You guys are making the rules, you're making the technology, you're making the contracts, you're deciding what terms are allowed in as an option, which ones aren't. Like, this is very centralized, which is what you guys want from your perspective for sure, but kind of defeats the whole. This is my confusion about this whole technology in general is it's supposed to be decentralized, but it's just a whole bunch of centralized platforms made by not the banks and not the governments. It 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 doesn't it doesn't it defeats the purpose, doesn't it? I think it does. Uh, but however, we also everything is about protection. Everyone everybody wants to protect their own interest. The board is no different. Oh, the board is brilliant. Well, oh, yeah, the, the you know they're notorious for it. They're they're gonna they're gonna protect their positions. And right now, our position we used to own all the data. Remember, before technology even existed, we has to. You know, they would print the listings on a, on a high-speed matrix printer on, on perforated uh, sheets of paper yeah. that you could separate <laughs> when they got to the branches. Yeah. If you wanted to buy the house back in the day in the 80s, early 90s, you had to visit a real estate brokerage that had those sheets sitting in at, w- at what we call the Bible at the time. Yeah. We owned the, the system. And then it became all available to the public on the internet. And then our role changed. The buyer representative emerged where we all used to work for the seller right things changed and now it's almost seems like the consumer has more information than the realtor we're taking oh my god yes you're taking it back okay 
think uh yeah i'm excited to see how this works so so tell me where is okay if there is the vision which i think we share like this ultimate realm okay where are we on the timeline you know from zero to a hundred percent done realistically like don't elon musk us here where are we i think with well you know the, the platform is already there it's the algorithm that's being developed right uh we're gonna migrate all of our legacy data over to the new system which is why occasionally we're gonna have some trev outages because <laughs> that's what happens it's a, it's a very arduous and painful process uh this october the new interface which is the first stage of the launch uh, all the realtors will now get to parallel the two systems using the same database and then eventually once everybody is off the old platform on the new platform and we can actually shut the old platform off all the provisions all all the the um the the, the links uh from the legacy data will be migrated to the new database but it's going to be transparent to the end user because you guys will continue to use the front end that you choose right now we have a choice between matrix or stratus so you'll continue to decide to use uh, whatever interface that you've subscribed to which is like a browser on the internet you're just using that's your portal that's how you browse the internet so we're gonna always be able to maintain that front end but completely separately right managing the database on the back end in the blockchain interesting which will help with the um diversity in the treb membership right because there's some people who are still figuring out my dad's 40 years in the business he's still figuring things out with stratus never mind trying to switch over to matrix so, so for him to have mean, to go to a whole new platform that would be that would be a well, problem yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying so are you guys just gonna one day turn off the old system is everybody like i see handwritten offers still like what the hell's going on in this industry you know, like really everything, everything is everything is possible but the thing about it is there's going to come a point where you just decide like i don't know anybody that still carry around a pager i think i i met the last agent with a pager on his belt not that long ago he refused our <laughs> ways with it. He refused to buy a cell phone i'm like seriously dude <laughs> that's crazy what are you doing that's amazing yeah. man so hold but, on a sec. Um, so what, is there any, is there anything that stops uh, House Sigma or uh, any of these other companies from doing the exact same thing or doing it better? Or I mean, it's smart that Treb maybe seems like they're ahead of the game and has some Treb, pretty strong. Carol, Treb Treb would never try to stop anybody because that would be anti-competitive. Right. 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 I know that, and they're okay. definitely Good. never acting in bad faith or anti-competitively but um what what is to, is there anything to like the, the the information is all public now right well what we've what we've already announced is, is public information it's not really uh there's, there's no surprise there's no new information in, in this podcast it's really no. what has already been available but i wanted to share with you guys sometimes people it's so new to certain people that they don't even know what they're talking about. And it's it's the uneducated that seem to have the strongest opinions. So it's it's I, okay. what we're doing here is, is trying to you know educate your listener listeners and, and say, hey, look, you know, there's nothing to be scared of here. We're just as a as a as a board and as an industry are trying to take back a little bit of the control so that we can because any process needs rules and regulation. If you don't have rules and regulations, it's the wild west, and then people will behave so badly you'll see you're going to have to go back to the regulator the regulator and say you know what we need rules we've seen it happen even with the internet it was the internet was supposed to be unregulated how is the us able to shut off the taps of the internet to north korea in the blink of an eye right mm -hmm. we thought that that was a decentralized unregulated system it's not oh not even close yeah so i like what i like and as and as a technology layman and i'm i'm self admitted I like that Treb is trying to improve. Like I like that they are putting time and, and money into this because what's going to happen is they're going to start attracting the right people who are going to end up being in the real estate industry. There's lots of people who do this, Charles, and, and you can probably name some examples. Like I'll give the guy who owns uh, Costa from Broker Bay, right? right. He was Costa, an agent yeah. 
And he solved a problem with Broker Bay because he had real estate world experience and obviously a technological background and skill set. And he was able to go and transition into the Broker Bay system to make it now a, par- a partnership with Treb. That Treb now, Daryl, so you know, Broker Bay is going to be through all of Treb. So everyone will have it, right? Not just the right. half of them, right? That, that so now, right now. now everybody can use it wrong. Perfect. Well, that's that's learning processes. But yes, yeah. you're right. <laughs> but that, that's what I mean. So now, now somebody with technology experience who's going to be maybe a real estate background or got their license or whatever it is can then say, hey, you know what? Like, I love selling, but this is my, my real passion. And I'm going to then go and improve the blockchain system that Treb's already started on. That's what's needed. Otherwise, everyone's just going to look at it like you do, Daryl, and say, this is old, but I don't have the time to design something new that's going to work. So I'll just continue to you know, sell real estate every day. And like, that's, that's what excites me is that this will really attract people who are in this space and understand it. Younger people who are like, this is like, they've been dealing with this for 10 years already. They understand it all and they'll make it better. And we'll have things that we can't even imagine right now uh, as being useful. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this opens up so many investment opportunities for so many people. 10, you can split up a house into 10 with this and you can have 10 different investors buy one tenth of the property and, it can already be set up to like run itself with a property management company and everything visible to all partners. It, like this is going to be insane. Third, third party applications, right? I so hope you guys those, get this right. Another, this is major well, stuff. That's wonderful. Area. Wonderful. Well, wonderful. You can also insight. Google the, the compliance regime that we're also adopting. We're, we're all going to be RESO compliant so that not only are the third parties are going to be able to map out to our system quite easily because it's all standardized. Uh, we, you know, we're literally joining the global environment of real estate. Uh, you know, all of our cousins. I think the next closest uh, size real estate board to us would be Chicago, and I believe they're running uh, in excess of thirty or forty thousand real boards. So, when you, when you take two large real estate boards like that, and you collaborate and you envision what this industry should look like in the future. That's where it's got to start. It's, it's it's the big boys that lead the little boys. It's not the other way around. There's no tail wagging the dog. The dog here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's gonna be somebody that has nothing to do with the real estate boards. That's gonna make something amazing. That everybody's well, gonna have no choice to adopt. You guys will help make it happen, but like somebody has to come at this from a totally fresh perspective. And right now. There's just too much old in the mix. All the, and like, all I the can't big... even imagine like to make a decision with all those like characters involved, like how long it would take to make it and how many egos and old school mentalities like, well, good luck. But some all the, kid, all the big money, all the big money, Daryl. So Wall Street and Silicon Valley has been in the real estate industry since as long as Wall Street and Silicon Valley has existed. Sure. And they've always been trying to crush the commission model. They've always been trying to get their piece of real estate commission. So yeah, this will allow for them to start focusing on something else that is going to be more consumer driven. That's actually going to be successful because every other attempt they've made has failed. Right. So let's talk about the naysayers against the technology. These guys that are like, you know, completely uh, resistant to change. Uh, and we have a few, uh, more than a few of these bodies sitting in very senior positions in our associations. Uh, these guys are literally going to uh, walk out and challenge us, challenge the industry from making any of these changes. And the, one of the biggest one that is notable, and you said it, Daryl, it's someone who's got absolutely no relationship to the uh, real estate industry. And that would be Rich Barton, the founder of Expedia. So, you know, he, he developed Zillow. And Zillow is now the most searched MLS system in the United States. You get They have more searches than than realtor.com does. How did that happen? A guy that has absolutely no real estate experience whatsoever, no credentials, can walk in and open one of the world's largest real estate organizations, all at Zillow. You know, they also own Dotloop. They also own a piece of, uh, I, I believe it's a, a DocuSign and all those affiliates. These guys are all wow. big tech people and they are in our space. So they are the, the disruptors right now. And what they're going to do is, yes, there, there's, a, there's a human rights thing saying, you know what, real estate is not a commodity. It should not be commoditized. Yeah. Well, guess what? When you really look at real estate, it's no different from anything else. It is a commodity. 
And it's and scarce. You want to buy it like a commodity. The consumer will dictate what they want. The industry is reacting and saying, this is what we have to offer. Yeah. Right? Listen, my... If you talk about technology, there's so many technical leaders out there. And you know what? Real estate is a big portfolio. Huge. <clears throat> Huge. There's so many new cool technologies coming out in real estate and they all do just like a tiny little thing, just a tiny little repetitive, stupid task. And barely anybody uses them now, but somebody one day is going to come at it with really fresh eyes, untainted, fresh eyes and go, what the hell are these guys doing? Like if they would just do it like this, it would be so much better for all like some young kid who tried to buy a house and it was just a disaster, you know, and he knows how to write some code and boom, next thing you know, you got like the most wonderful user interface, all the information scraped from all the right places, put into like the nicest package for everybody. And then some uniformity, you know, like maybe some nice uniformity so that when I look at this listing and compare it to this listing, there's actually comparable information, you know, that makes sense. Not just like what some realtor pulled off of somewhere that, you know, tells a story or even on um, how Sigma, like, I don't know if that's the whole story or like, I don't know what their algorithms pulling up for comparables. Like there just needs to be this uniformity. I think that a technology can create, but like you guys are like, you're bet you, it's going to be banging your heads against the walls with so many gigantic layers. But I mean, fuck, somebody has to do it. I hope you guys but Treb's, knock but Treb, it out but of the Treb park. is uh, responding, right? I mean, they've just signed with Broker Bay. Beautiful. They're working on Realm. Yeah, Authentisign, it's not bad, but it's a part of the, the, the Treb uh, system, right? So people can use that. And I think just that's what, exactly what you just said. Somebody's going to come in. They're going to develop a new tech that's going to make sense. And Treb is willing to Treb is uh, accept buy it. them, buy them or partner with them or, or license it, right? And that's And that's good. That's a really good sign for what it is that we're doing. Yeah. And I think one of the keys that you said as a question as to whether or not you were going to do it was third party app involvement where people can, you know, help make it better. But you guys are still that portal, right? Like shop, uh, shop, Shopify, Shopify has a million little sub apps that are all making a ton of money and, and you know, that just make Shopify better depending on the experience you're trying to provide for your clientele. Like, mm -hmm. why block out all of this great, all these great ideas that just still have to come through you? So if I was on the board and I had a vote, I would vote definitely put third party apps in there. That's what gives you, keeps control and keeps people innovating on your behalf. Yeah. Open source. Just let people figure out what, uh, what the glitches are and, and let the consumers respond if it's a good, if it's a good product or not, if they use it. Great. If not, it goes by the wayside. They stop making updates and it gets deleted. But can right? you put a link to anything right now on an MLS listing? No. Isn't that crazy? Not, not branded anyways. It can't be self-serving. The links uh, must be uh, specific. So let's say you're putting in a video tour or a drone video or a virtual tour through Matterport or something like that. It has to be unbranded. This is what we're trying to do as an industry is we're trying not to allow all the brands and self-marketing promotions to exist on our permanent record. Which makes sense because there's people yeah, will abuse sense. that. People abuse that. We can't even get open houses right, Daryl. Come on. No, but hold right? up. But, but why can't there be uh, all the important information already on the listing? Kind of like House Sigma. Like, is, I guess that's where you, you, you can, you can have anyways. a website that's not branded that has literally everything to do with that property and neighborhood and everything linked. But right now it's crazy. Like a, a good realtor like TK can't just put a link to a Google drive file that has all the comps and the geo warehouse, like all the stuff that somebody like, like the, 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 what's it called? The, the uh, inspection report, like all these documents that'll be consumer, on your token. No. Yeah. For the consumer, not yet. Cause, cause then it's, too regulated like the, the board has to then scrutinize everything to make sure that it's right but i can do that with agents i can yeah, send right. that to agents. the back end you're right, right, right. yeah hmm. so don't forget right. board is a, a business to business provider they are not this is, but this is what i worry about is the decisions by this board are made by keeping control not what's best for the industry right and, and this is what their decision process is based on for everything 
like like what we just said that's not better for the industry that's better for trip well how do you feed sixty thousand real estate agents in the greater toronto area how do you what how do you feed them like they're they're not enough transactions to go around yeah you don't give out that many licenses i think there should be one license per listing Hold on. So that, which is actually interesting. So you said you have 120 agents in your office. How many listings are there? So we carry anywhere between 75 to 80 listings at any given time at my larger office, which is down on Bourne Street. At my smaller office up in Thornhill uh, with only 40 agents, we carry about you know, 20 to 25 listings on a consistent basis. So what, what and you know, as DK knows, these listings don't sit on our MLS for long. So oh. the fact that you have any inventory in this market, Inventory is down 30% year over year. There's are almost people, nothing to buy out there. Are people so, working more with buyers? Are people latching on to buyers now? I just had a listing in Milton of all places. Now, I have an Ember membership, so I actually uploaded it to ITSO. So it ended up on both MLS systems. So it got maximum exposure. In two days, there were 59 appointments. We had, because, and luckily, the house is empty. So we removed the, the showing restriction, the COVID-19 showing restrictions. And we allowed overlapping appointments. We had to because there's just so many buyer agents out there. Got multiple offers, right? Sold it in a day and a half. In Milton, is, for how much? How much? It was listed for eight fifty. Went for nine seventy with only wow. three offers. Sold over asking. And but, you know what? At eight fifty, it was fair market value. That's uh, see, that's what it should say: sold over market value. Right? How sold much over what it market have sold value for. did it sell for? What do I care? Yeah. Sold over asking. We asked for a dollar. Yeah. So it is. It is eleven o'clock. Really? We got. We got to wrap this up, Charles. Um, you're a wealth of knowledge. We could probably wealth. have you on monthly, next but I, I definitely yes. want to get you on again at some point, maybe later in the year, first thing next year, um, because I think that this is a really good topic that wow. we should be updating people on, and I think Treb is definitely going to be. Uh, a leader in this and it sounds like they're they're heading in the right direction so we appreciate that um any cool. uh any um social media or anything like that that you want to share so if people want to follow you they can check you out yeah you know my website's uh charlespark.ca uh there are links to my social media read in that web page but uh if you need to give me a call directly my number is 647-292-8886 always happy to take anyone's call awesome Awesome. Beauty. And thank we you. We appreciate this and um that was fantastic. Sunday. Yes, thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. Thank you. New on Curiosity Stream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.